I really, I have two great kids, um, Axel and Elsie, um, who've come in the back here, which is fun. Um, and Axel especially has always amazed me. He's got this incredible imagination, um, this ability to kind of just jump into a complete world and start um, interacting with that world. Um, and, uh, and that ability to kind of see these, these intense and, and real um, images in your head um, that, that kind of move him. He's kind of moved by these stories um, that, that he's creating. And, you know, and, and I have vague memories of being able to do this as a child, of being able to kind of jump into these imaginary worlds. Um, and I think it's, it's, you know, one of those things that, uh, that's sad to lose as you grow up. I find it harder to kind of actually feel those emotions. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's easy to kind of say that, you know, Jesus saying, let little children come to me, or unless you become like a child, um, it's easy to kind of attach whatever we think children are like um, and, uh, and say that that's what Jesus really meant. Um, but I think one of those, that ability to kind of experience wonder and uh, to be moved by uh, the stories um, is one of those dimensions of, of childhood. And, I, and tonight I really wanted us to try as best we can to tap into that. Um, this uh, this uh, passage is, is a drama that's um, continuing on from the passage from last week that Louis preached on. And, um, and it's a really emotional passage that kind of moves us through. And so I really want us to try to meditate on this. And my goal tonight is, is simply to kind of signpost us to some of the, some of the images that are supposed to um, fill out the picture for us. Um, reading it on its face, it's kind of a... a there's some strange images in, in, the, uh, in the passage. Um, but hopefully I can signpost us so that we can kind of really connect with uh, the, the emotional story that's going on here um, and what, um, what God is, is showing to John. <clears throat> so if, if we're, we were telling a story of this, of this uh, drama, uh, first let's, let's go back to chapter 4 and, and kind of reset the setting of, of what's taking place here. So John, after talking, you know, going through and, and receiving a message for the seven churches, uh, John is, is, is given this vision. He's, he's taken into the spirit, and then he sees uh, this throne. And on the throne, there's this bright red figure, um, the one who's like ruby and jasper. Um, and there's thunder and lightning around him. There's a, a, a rainbow. There's a sea of glass. And there's these four very strange, from the description, there's these four very strange-looking creatures um, covered with eyes and wings. And then around them, there's these 24 elders. So he's in this kind of dramatic scene, and, and all of these creatures and elders uh, are praising this one who sits on the throne, which we interpret to be God, um, because they're, they're calling him God, right? Um, John never, you know, he just says this one who sits on the throne in this passage. Um, and so, so in the middle of this, you know, he's kind of enraptured and he sees all these beings worshiping God and um, praising him. And, and the last passage ends reflecting on why. Why are we praising God? And the elders are saying, well, you are worthy, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being." So they're praising God because he's a creative God who's made this beautiful world, and they're, they're in awe 
of um, his power to do that, to, to create us and, and to actually sustain us, that we have our being in God. And so they're, they're, they're in awe of that. And, and that, you know, as, as, as Louis was saying, we're, we're called to be in awe of that power and that glory represents, like, uh, that glory shown through uh, God's creative power. And then chapter 5, it becomes this, this drama because suddenly John notices something. He notices a detail that he'd missed um, when he was taking in this whole image, which is that this one who sits on the throne has a scroll in his hand. There's information written on this scroll. And, uh, and it's sealed with seven seals. And those seals will kind of drive the drama of the next few chapters as these seals are, are opened up. And, and the seals kind of give us a clue that maybe this is some kind of a, a will or a court document. Sometimes people's last will and testament would be sealed with multiple seals and brought to, um, brought to court and read there. Sometimes a, a governor's edict or a, a Caesar's edict would be brought to a town with multiple seals on it. So it gives us some clue that this is something to do with the one who sits on the throne and his will, right? He's prepared a document that reveals to us his plan. <clears throat> So, so we have this seal, and, and so it's got information, it's got God's will written on there, and, and this angel steps forward and says, okay, we really want to get to the bottom of this. We want to know what's, what's inside this scroll. We want to know what this incredible um, God has to share with us. And there's a problem, right? Our, our drama starts with a problem, which is that, no, that we need to find somebody who's worthy to actually open this scroll, right? Somebody who can actually step up to the throne, take the scroll, and start to reveal um, God's will to us. And so then the, this search takes place, right? And, and there's no word on how long it takes, but they have to search through all of heaven and earth and under the earth, um, the, the nether regions, and, um, and nobody's found. Nobody's found. So, so there's a crisis now. We have God's will. He's sitting on the throne, and nobody can approach him. There's nobody worthy. There's a gap in God's plan, which is nobody can reveal his plan to us. And John is so moved by this. He's so enraptured. He's so moved that he wants to know what this is all about. And he weeps and weeps because no one is found who is worthy to open the scroll or even look inside, right? They can't even get a peek of what God's up to. And, and this, this, this connects with us, right? That... Um, as we go through our lives, as we experience, uh, you know, uh, trauma or we experience uh, plans that don't work out, maybe we're, we're at a point in our life where we want to know where God's leading us next, or we want to know um, that he is in, actually in control when things feel out of control. And we want to know. And, and like John, sometimes we weep because it feels like there's nobody that's going to reveal this to us. Um, that we're, we're so longing for God to just tell us what's going on. So that's the search. There's this search, and, and we come to the end of our search, and there's nobody, right? They've searched everywhere. And then, and then we move to the second act, which is the, this revelation. There's a new person on the scene. There's somebody who's achieved this worthiness, the, one of the elders steps forward and says, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, 
has triumphed. Now, there's some more kind of images here, right? The lion of the tribe of Judah. This goes back to a promise in the Old Testament when Jacob was blessing his 12 sons. He said, hey, a lion is going to come out of the tribe of Judah, right? So Judah was one of his sons. And he said, hey, you are going to be the one. Out of your line is going to come a lion who will, who will rule over, um, over Israel, right? Who will lead the nation. And then the root of David is another hint that this is a royal figure, right? So the root of David is, you know, somebody who comes out of uh, the great King David. So we have a couple more images there of this lion and that from the line of David. And, and this new, and this, this person with a long lineage has, has triumphed, right? They've achieved something that has made them worthy. And he says that he is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. So we can actually access this information through this, this person that's been revealed. And, and who is this, right? So we have this person, we've got new information on the scene. This is amazing. This is exciting. And, and our grief is, is relieved. And then John looks and he looks to see who this is. And it's, it's in the image, it's not a man, right? But it's a lamb, which is another symbol, right? It's a symbol here that a lamb is, is a sacrifice. And this is a sacrifice that has already been sacrificed, at looking as if it had been slain, right? So it's clear that this lamb has been through a lot and that it's died. But it's standing at the center of the throne. So we have a, a, this, this sacrifice that's already taken place that's standing at the center of the throne. And, and this gives us a clue that this is somebody from the root of David who's been sacrificed and is still living, right? Who's come back to life. Um, this is a clue that it's Jesus, right? And so as we, as we go through this passage, as we meditate on it, we see that this is the promised one. Now, he's not a lamb, right? He's actually a man in real life. But in this, in this image, in this vision that's God given, it helps us to meditate on the fact that Jesus is a sacrifice, right? He's a sacrifice um, who has triumphed, that that sacrifice has triumphed. And, um, and there's a little bit more information about this lamb that kind of gives us, that fills out the picture of who Jesus is. A lamb has seven horns. Seven is a number kind of repeated a lot in the Bible. And if you've been around a Bible a lot, you know this. Um, but if you're not, uh, seven is kind of a symbol of completeness, right? So it's, it's, if you have, have a seven of something, it means you've got kind of the full package, right? So these seven seals, right? It's completely sealed. And this lamb has seven horns, which in a, in a lot of the prophetic uh, writings represent power. So this lamb has seven horns. He has all power has been given to this, this slain lamb. And the seven eyes, which John explains to us, are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth, or um, the sevenfold spirit of God. This is, you know, God's spirit poured out on, on the church and sent into all the earth. So this is the lamb... Uh, Jesus, who's been given all power, he's been slain and sacrificed, and, and that's, the elders think, well, hey, this has made him worthy. This is the guy who's going to step up because of this, uh, the power he's been given, because of the sacrifice that he's made. Um, he has become worthy to step up to the throne. And so, and so he does it, right? He steps up. 
He steps up, and the, and the drama takes a, the, a step forward because he takes the scroll, right? He has the boldness to walk up to this thunder and lightning, bright, flaming red being and, and take a scroll out of his hand, right? And, and this lamb has hands, apparently, because it, um, he's able to actually grab onto that scroll. And so, so we see this sacrifice has enabled this lamb to go up and take the scroll. And as soon as he does this, we come to the third, the third uh, section here, which is the response, which is this, this incredible praising response reflecting on this lamb who's worthy. Because as soon as he does it, as soon as he takes that scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders who have been so focused on God the Father, right? They've been, they've been worshiping him, saying that he is holy, 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 right? Um, that, and they've been praising him for his creation, they then suddenly turn and fall down in front of this lamb, right? They're giving the same worship to the lamb that they're giving to God. And in each one of them has, they have a, a harp, and they're holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. It's your prayers have been, have, been, have been filling these bowls, and they're being poured out in front of this lamb, as a, um, in awe of who he is. And so this response, we get this three-tiered chorus now, right? So we have this, this incredible uh, moment, and this is, the, this is the release of all that, that uh, tension that built up in that search. We're weeping in the search, but now there's this three, um, three-tiered response of these three choruses that come out. And first we start with the living creatures and the elders, and they sing a new song. Instead of singing to God, they're now singing to the Lamb. And they say, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. You're worthy to reveal God's will to us. Because you were slain. Because you suffered death. And it wasn't just that you died. It wasn't just like a soldier dying on the, on the, the battlefield. But with your blood, you accomplished something. You purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. So what makes Jesus worthy, what makes his sacrifice worthy, is that it purchased all of us to be a kingdom on earth worshiping God. That there's somebody from every corner of the earth, every ethnic group, every language is represented here, right? It's a vast multicultural kingdom that makes Jesus worthy to reveal God's will. That so, such was his sacrifice that it allowed, um, it, it established a kingdom for God. And so, the, and this is a new song, right? This is saying, hey, on this moment in history, you've revealed this and you've established this kingdom. And, 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 they're, and they're overwhelmed by this. And, and that triggers another response, which is that we have angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. <clears> um, you know, a, a numberless crowd of angels is, is reaching out and, and they respond to this song um, by saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain. So they're saying this, this lamb is so worthy and it's, it's, the gospel is spreading, the good news is spreading that the lamb is worthy to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. So just everything, right? All of our power, all of our wealth, 
All of our wisdom and strength, all of our honor and glory and praise should be given to God because he's worthy of that. He's not just worthy of our praise, but he's worthy to take the scroll and reveal God's will because of his sacrifice on the cross. And then this, this goes out to every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and, and on the sea and all that is in them. Literally saying every corner of creation where we just searched for somebody who's worthy, they're all, they're all in on this as well. And they say, yes, you are worthy. And, and, and they bring it together. All of the created order says, yeah, to the one who sits on the throne who created us and the one who's redeemed us, the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Every creature joins in because we're so amazed that God <clears throat> has, uh, has created us, has given us life and breath, but also not just left us, but has brought us back to him with his sacrifice on the cross. That, that he, he, he loves us so much, as we sang earlier, but he also has a, has a mission to establish a kingdom for God who is so worthy. And so, and so with them, we now um, turn to, to sing with them, right? As we meditate on this, as we kind of reflect on the incredible sacrifice that Jesus uh, made to bring us to God. So but why don't we close in prayer? And, um, and I'd really encourage you to, to reflect on this, to meditate on this, now that we kind of know some of those signposts and some of those images of, uh, of the Lamb who is worthy and, and the incredible response, right? As we, as we search, as we weep in our search, let's not uh, be lost in that, right? Because the Lamb has triumphed. And, um, and he is, is worthy to reveal God's will to us. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much that you are worthy and that you have, have sacrificed yourself on the cross to purchase us to, uh, to be in your kingdom, God. That you have uh, revealed your will to us and, and you call us to praise you, Father. That you call us to be close to you. Lord, turn our hearts to praise and turn our hearts to love you evermore, God. In Jesus' name, amen.